Thanks for listening to Hanging With The Sardellas Podcast Good Mama and Dada It's a fast Best day ever. That's what we're wishing for you. Shout out to John Francis and Josh Arriola for that awesome song for our podcast. Thank you, guys. Woo, I'm feeling the beat. I'm still dancing. <laughs> Don't mind me. We have a podcast to do. Sorry, babe. Oh, we'll okay. dance later. <laughs> Hola, familia. On this episode, we will continue sharing our story with you. So far, you've heard about how Edgar and I met in San Francisco, how we got married in Dallas, and today we will share the shocking way that Edgar and I ended up moving to New York City. Mm. It was definitely a huge leap of faith. Yes, it was. We're also going to be opening up about our infertility challenges and how difficult that was for both of us, especially mm-hmm. for you, babe. Yeah. As you can imagine. But God eventually blessed us with our first daughter, Ariela in NYC. Her birth story is going to crack you up. Last but not least, you'll hear about one of the coolest experiences that we had with my dad, rest in peace, at Madison Square Garden. Ooh. All thanks to Gabriel Iglesias, a.k.a. Fluffy. Coming up next. Hang tight. Grateful to God to be hanging out with you again. My name is your boy Edgar. This is my beautiful wife, Janet. Hola. And before we talk to you about how these two Mexicanos right here ended up moving to New York City in one of the most amazing chapters of our life. Yes, indeed. Because we didn't have any kids. (laughs) (laughs) No es cierto. No, no. I'm saying amazing (laughs) as a couple, right? Just us solo. Oh, okay. (laughs) Having kids is also an amazing blessing, but. Different state. We want to take a moment right now before we get into all that to thank you thank you for all the love and support that you have shown throughout this last week after we announced our new project in the last episode us becoming entrepreneurs and launching our independently owned radio show the shaboy show it kicked off this week Mm -hmm. it was absolutely amazing so many of you reached out from nyc Dallas, Bay Area, and of course, here in LA. Jersey. Yes. Jersey, what up? Many of you streaming it live on ShaboyShow.com. Thank you. And calling in. It literally brought me to tears, babe. I was in studio with Becca, Micho, and Eddie, the 26-year-old virgin. How did that feel? And people were calling in from New York. People were calling in, you know, from other cities that I've been on the radio before. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yo, Shaboy, welcome back. You know, my nickname on the radio, Shaboy, this and that. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's been years since I've been in those cities on the radio. Right. And they're streaming it to the point where y'all crashed the streaming (laughs) live service. 
That's awesome. And that has nothing to do with my website. The streaming live service has everything to do with the radio stations that I'm teaming up with across the nation. But you guys crashed it. That is awesome. So it was a good thing and a bad thing, right? Because <laughs> right. you couldn't really listen. But it was a good thing because it was like, wow, so many of you showing love. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for that love. You don't understand how much that meant to me and my wife. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you. you can check us out Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 in the morning. Full-blown radio show on shaboyshow.com that's s-h-o-b-o-y show.com and the podcast will come soon for that a lot of people were asking like does that mean it's the end of your podcast of los sotelos i know i was asked that too yeah no it's not we're still here (laughs) obviously (laughs) you're hearing this right uh speaking of your reactions to last week's announcement one reaction really cracked me up from one of our listeners her name is yesenia herrera from dallas Saludos al Metroplex. Oh, we love it there. Babe. ¿Qué dijo? She legit thought that the announcement that we were going to make last episode mm-hmm. was that you officially got hired to be a voice on the call map. <laughs> if you remember, I did a fake audition for Janet that she didn't know about on the last episode. Allow your thoughts <laughs> to float as the birds... Chirp. That is hilarious. So this is what Yesenia had to say, babe. Hey, showboy. Creí que iba a ser de Janet doing the calming podcast or something. I was like, no, please. I like her laughing, not the sleepy girl. Oh, no. I'm so happy for you. Um, For you, God is great. And he had something better for you. And this is going to be great and a great opportunity for you. Pero Dallas misses you a lot. So, so happy for your family and Janet. You're not the only one jumping on the pool. We all do crazy stuff when it comes to kids (laughs) being kids. So, paciencia, paciencia. Love you. Oh, love you too. (laughs) That was really sweet. Thank you, Yesenia. By the way, guys, your messages on Instagram and on Apple podcast reviews because you can leave messages there. We read them all. They mean so much to us. So thank you, Yesenia. Muchísimas gracias. It's like a part of our prayer now. We pray and then it was like, ah, vamos a leer los comentarios. And respond, right? <laughs> uh, three things on that. One, if you were a chola, babe, your chola name would be Sleepy Girl. Sleepy Girl? <laughs> La Sleepy Girl. <laughs> Number two, she was like, que paciencia. Have patience, right? Because in the past episode, we shared that you scared me a little when you disappeared because both of our girls were whining out of control and I couldn't find you. Yeah. And I found you in our backyard in our pool, fully clothed. <laughs> I was wearing a red dress and it was just floating. And I was like, bloop, bloop. I was like, mama, mama. I'm like, bloop, 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 underwater. I can't no, hear you. I can't hear you. And number three, Yesenia is like, we miss you in Dallas. God willing, the idea with this concept of us launching our independently owned show is that we will be able to be in different cities across the nation. And that's the vision. Can people request you in their city somehow? I guess, yeah. You can reach out to your local radio station and be like, yo, I want the Shaboy show. They might be like, kill me, que That's cool. God willing, soon we will be in Dallas, praying <laughs> that we will be in New York City on FM radio, praying yes. that we'll be in San Francisco, here in LA as well, and many other cities across the nation. But for now, you can check us out on shaboyshow.com. Or on FM radio in Sacramento, McAllen, Stockton, and many more cities to come. My We're favorite, working on it. My favorite thing to do is ask Alexa to play Fuego 103.5 FM. Yeah, he's Alice. 
And just to clear it up, we still yeah. live in L.A. Yeah. So I'm doing the show, the radio show out of L.A. with right. Becca and Eddie the Virgin and Micho. Anyways, how the heck did these two Mexicanos mm-hmm. end up in New York City? Mm. It's a beautiful story. When everything was so amazing for us in Dallas, babe. Yeah. We thought Dallas was going to be our forever home. Correct. I mean, I wanted, I wanted babies. I mean, we were married for what, two years? Three? Actually, in Dallas, we were married for four years. Yeah. Y fue una gran bendición. La gente del Metroplex, muchísimas gracias. You guys were a blessing when we were doing Spanish radio there. It was absolutely amazing. As we talk about this chapter of our life, it confirms to me that as you're going through things that you don't understand currently, they don't make any sense in your life today. Trust us. In the future, you will look back at the moment you're going through right now that doesn't make any sense. And you're like, Dios, ¿por qué? What is going on? Why are you doing this? You will see how God was actually at work the whole time. Amen. Yes. Working all things to work together for good. It says that in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But I don't want you to get it twisted. It doesn't say that all things will be good. Right. But what that means is that eventually... All things will work together for good. It will make sense. Aunque estés pasando por momentos difíciles ahorita, that problem is part of the blessing and the promise of prosperity right? that God has for you. Because God wants to mold us into the person that he wants us to be to prepare us for what's coming. And the things that we want for our life may not be the best thing for us right now, but in God's time, it will be. Right. Because what we've learned along this way, mm-hmm. along this journey, is that, first of all, patience. See. And I, that, I have to work on that with Ariela. But. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping in the pool. Yeah. We close on. And that his timing is never late and definitely never early. Oh, yeah. Pero always on time. So quick little recap. Jan and I met in San Francisco. I moved to Dallas. We were dating long distance. Then we eventually got married because Janet gave me an ultimatum. And Not you want her to get married, right? Y querías casarte conmigo también, ¿verdad? Janet threatened me. No, just kidding. No, of course, babe. But Janet gave me an ultimatum of, hey, either you put a ring on it or I'm not going to be flying back and forth to Dallas from San Francisco. Right. Not that the relationship was going to end, but I need to know, is this going somewhere serious? Correct. And obviamente, I knew I had an amazing gem in my life with you, babe, and we pulled the trigger. And while in Dallas, we were tremendously blessed. Professionally speaking, personally speaking, spiritually speaking, we had built great friendships. Our cousins, Raul and Lupita, and mm. the kids, Josh and Alan. Compadres. Brian and Jamie, and our goddaughters. All of our friends, Mingo, Nicole. Ellen, Luciana, Mingo, Nicole, Pio, Ferro, who gave me my first gig. Eventually, Jimmy Gonzalez and his wife, yeah, who were my next bosses. Everybody, everybody. It was amazing. Yeah, I remember we were so blessed while we were there. We got honored by the White House, the Obama administration, for the community service that we were doing with our scholarship program and so on and so forth. And I remember we went to the White House. Remember that bit? It was a beautiful thing because I remember you kept getting emails and invitations to come and you had to give your social security. And you were like, I don't I don't know about this. I'm going to delete it. And then you kept getting another one. And then you had a plus one invite. And then you're like, okay, I think this is official. I got, you know, I did my research and you want to come? I'm like, duh. And then when we got there, I was like, oh my gosh, like. My parents, you know, are immigrants and now are here at the White House. And it was such a beautiful experience. Your parents are immigrants. They picked strawberries for 20 years. I'm an immigrant from Ocotalan, Jalisco, Mexico. Y poder ir a la Casa Blanca to be at the White House. 
And like I said before, not to paint it, <laughs> but to be a guest <laughs> and celebrate yeah. together the work that we've been doing with other people that were being celebrated that at that time that were doing community work. It was a blessing. And yeah, I thought it was a scam and I kept deleting and not responding to the White House. <laughs> like, no manches. They want they my, want my social, social security number. I was like, if it's truly the White House. They'll call me or something. They know my social security number. <laughs> Why are they asking for it, right? True. Yeah, aparte is, is fake. Is trueco. No, te creas. That was an amazing experience. That was one of many blessings so in many Dallas. Things. Yeah. We got a Marconi Award. Mm-hmm. Her, you got personality of the year. It was a beautiful thing and... We got a house. And Marconi's are kind of like the Emmys or Grammys or Oscars of radio. And we were blessed with one. And Janet came with me. And what happened is that Elvis Duran, who's a huge radio show host across the nation out of New York City, was the host that that year. And after I gave my acceptance speech, I ran to the bathroom because I had to pee really bad. And I called my parents to let them know that we had won the, the award. And Janet was in the audience. And I came back. And I was one of the last awards. But I came back into the ballroom in Chicago mm-hmm. where the words were. And Janet's like, babe, did you hear what Elvis Duran had to say? I was like, no, I had no idea. I was in the bathroom. I had to mear cañón. I had to go pee. And she's like, he said he loved your acceptance speech and your vibe. And he said, you should be the host of the Marconis next year. He was like, I nominate Shaboy. I was like, what? Long story short, I ended up hosting the Marconis the next year. Yeah. The first Mexicano to do so. And it was an honor to do that. And that's where the seed got planted at the company that I was working with called CBS Radio at the time. And people said, hey, this guy speaks English. (laughs) And that's when the seed got planted for me to potentially move to New York to To, do radio. To do an English show. But at the time, we were working in Spanish radio and we were super happy. Babe, remember you were looking at your dream home in Dallas? Yeah, I remember clearly that we looked at over, I don't know, 20 houses to move into, you know, to like, you know, future dream house to start a family. And I saw us in Dallas for for a long time because we love it there. And I work with amazing people. Uh, it was Ana, producer Ray, Chorizo, amazing. Jimmy Gonzalez, like such amazing people we worked with. And I remember the day we said, OK, this is a house. We're going to make an offer. And that same day that we made an offer for that dream house that we thought we were going to move into and have kids, that same day your agent called you and said, hey, Edgar, they're interested in you for New York City. And we were like, wow, what do we do? And I was about to get syndicated in Spanish. Nationwide. I was about, the show that I was doing in Dallas in Spanish was about to get plugged into different cities. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't independently owned at the time. I was going to be working under a company. And it was a great opportunity. And I remember talking to some of my mentors and I remember one of my mentors saying, you're going to be making a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. If you go, you've never done English radio before. You're the wrong type of Latino for New York city. Yeah. Cause you're Mexican and in New York is más Puerto Rican, Dominicano, (laughs) all that. And I want to clear something up. It wasn't him trying to hate on me. It was just he saw me as a son. I think he was trying to protect me. And he was trying to protect me saying, yo, you got something amazing here in Dallas. Don't go. Mm -hmm. But it's up to you. We prayed about it. We went to New York City, love, to check it out. That was my first time there ever, which was one of my dreams to go because I've always loved fashion. And my brother would travel a lot and he would always bring me magazines of like fashion, you know, from New York, from Spain. And 
going to New York was so surreal because it was my first time and the first time we were checking it out. Yeah. And we met with my program director who would be my direct boss in New York. His name is Rick Thomas. We, and his wife, Teresa. Yeah. So I met him first along with yeah. the GM and so on and so forth. And we're always looking for signs, right? Like, yeah. God, give us signs. Come and on. I remember we weren't convinced a thousand mm-hmm. percent. It was like the second day. Yeah. And then the very last day before we flew back from New York City to Dallas, we ended up meeting with my, who would be eventually my direct boss, Rick Thomas and his wife, Teresa. We had breakfast with them. And mm. that was the moment that we felt like peace, peace about making that move. Their hearts. We got to see who they were as a couple. Um, they're both believers in God and the way they spoke about each other and just life. We said, we can take this risk yeah. with them. Exactly. And then at, right after breakfast, we were taking off to the airport to go back to Dallas. And I remember you and I got into the cab and we just started crying. Remember that? <laughs> we Lloramos were like, cañon. whoa, this is the sign. Like we, ne- we needed peace. And we were crying on our way to the airport. Like, yes, we're moving to New York City. And it was crazy. It was a beautiful thing, but it was a scary thing too, to it, think about everything. Absolutely. That's why it was a huge leap of faith because... We left something that stable was very stable to go and take this huge risk to New York City without knowing anybody. That's when God taught us that you got to make decisions based on faith and not on fear. Yes. And we took that leap of faith and we went to New York City for many reasons. But one of the main reasons was it was beyond Janet and I. Yeah. It was about opening up opportunities for people of color and minorities and Mexicanos in general market media, in English radio. Exactly. And I think after we prayed and talked about it and had peace, full peace, after going through all the emotions of, oh, this is scary. Oh, we don't know anybody. It was like, we have nothing to lose. We have no kids. We have, you know, we are about to get this house, but not really the timing of God. And it's like, let's go, let's go have fun. Let's go, you know, open doors for the future generations and for you. And you got this, you know, a Mexicano doing English radio. And I was so excited that your voice was going to come out of the satellite from the Empire State Building. I mean, that is just like remarkable and historic, you know? It was beyond us. Yeah. It was about our culture. It was about Latinos and about allowing people to get to know immigrants like myself as real people through the radio. Yeah. And not be swayed by the stereotypes that maybe certain politicians or people may portray out there. Era una oportunidad que dijeras, oye, ellos son inmigrantes, they are Mexicanos, but they're doing something positive. Correct. Not like these stereotypes that we get are told about Mexicanos and immigrants all the time. Yeah. Because there are many immigrants, many Latinos that are doing amazing things mm-hmm. in the United States of America. Because I truly believe that que somos el corazón de este país. Mm-hmm. We are the heart. Of this country and we went out there and it was wild guys i'm not gonna lie many people were like oh i don't know you guys are too positive on the air you're not new yorkers mm-hmm. you're the wrong type of latino i don't know if this is gonna work but i thank god that i had a great boss and rick thomas that believed in us and allowed us to be who we are an amazing team with nina mm-hmm. who's my sister now our sister yeah Kristen. Kristen, producer Kristen, dj majestic mm-hmm who's on the squad in the mornings and we were free to be ourselves and thank God we were blessed by the second year with the top three radio shows in New York city. Yeah, It was one of the best decisions we've made. 
And we had so much fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of people said, yo, in New York, everybody's cold and they're just mean. And the opposite of that. To a certain extent, initially they are. They have a wall up because they got to do something. They're always on something. They got to go from point A to point B, you understand. And then that's it. Yeah. You all got almost 20 million people in one city. You got to get to point A to point B as soon as possible. You don't got time to deal with anything or anybody. Exactly. And in the winter, it's cold as hell. <laughs> and they're loud. They're loud. But they have the biggest hearts. Oh, my God. They're so loving. We've made so many friends that have now converted into family. And we still keep in touch today. A thousand percent. New Yorkers and even obviously in Dallas. But Dallas is known for being a warm city. We have people that we talk to on the regular that uh-huh. reach out to us without even us reaching out to them. Like true hermanos y hermanas. Yeah. I could say so many names, mm-hmm. but we're so grateful for that. And we had an amazing experience, babe. Uh, we found a great church, Hillsong NYC. We found that church thanks to Comadre Jamie that told us, hey, what about Hillsong Church? So before we even got in our apartment, we found our spiritual home, which was Hillsong. Yes. It was such an amazing church, and it still is with Pastor Carl Lentz. And I want to share something with you guys. Again, when you look back at your life, you'll see God at work and how he's preparing you for your next chapters. And therefore, I encourage you that whatever you're going through right now that doesn't make any sense and how difficult it is, I want you to be encouraged that it's part of the plan to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope in your future. That's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. The scripture that has been part of Jen yeah. and I's life since we started dating. Mm-hmm. At the end of 2007 and the beginning of 2008, I had just asked Janet to be my girlfriend. Right. In December of 2007. December 15th to be exact. It's cuando te pregunté. About a week later, I got to fly to New York City to be part of a New Year's Eve ball drop event with Univision. With your brother, right? And my brother, mm-hmm. Eddie Pionin Sotelo. And I remember being, as they were doing it, the ball drop con el gordo y la flaca, you know, these TV personalities, etc. And the ball was dropping to turn into 2008. Yeah. And Janet had, and I had been together as boyfriend and girlfriend for 15 days. <laughs> Happy New Year. Confetti drops from the sky. It's absolutely beautiful. People are hugging. I'm freezing my pelotas off. <laughs> and I capture this one confetti piece, a pink confetti piece. Yeah. And I write a few words on it. Words that I prayed about that I don't know why I wrote them, but I wrote them. And I wrote, love, God, NYC. Janet and family plus the year 2008. You gave that confetti to me for Christmas that year and you gave it to me inside a Bible. And I was like, wow, this guy's weird. I've never gotten a Bible from some dude for your Christmas present <laughs> Christmas when present. I came back from New York. And so I kept the Bible and, you know, it was a great introduction to, you know, reading and having my daily devotions with the Lord. But then inside was that confetti you wrote. And I was like, wow, that's very thoughtful. Just saying that I was thinking about you yeah. when the new year hit. I love that. Who does that? Like at least chocolate. <laughs> Unos pastelitos. <laughs> That was 2008. Fast forward. We get married. We move into our house in Texas. 2014, December 26th, we have a one-way flight to New York City. With like 10 suitcases. Leaving everything we love, our primos, Raul and Lupita, who we cried like little kids at the airport when they dropped us off. 
leaving the security of having an established radio show in Dallas that was doing tremendously well and potentially going nationwide yeah, to go to New York City. And I remember we were flying into New York City. And for those of you that had the blessing of flying into New York City, the sun was setting. You see the skyline. And it's just like something, no movie can do it justice. Mm -hmm. The color of the sky as the sun is setting and you've seen the Hudson River and the East River and the Statue of freaking Liberty. It's unbelievable. That was very sexy, by the way. As we were landing, <laughs> I remember reaching over to Janet and because we have no idea what's going to happen or how this is going to go. And I said, babe, let's pray. And we just prayed over the city. We literally prayed that may people accept us for who we are and just love what we're doing and connect with us. And as the airplane is winding down to fly down into LaGuardia Airport, the worst airport on earth. I opened up a Bible and I had that piece of confetti from 2008. Yeah. And it's now 2014, about to be 2015. And I tell Janet, babe, do not fear. Mm -hmm. It has been written already. Mm -hmm. Before we even knew, God knew he wanted us here in NYC. And even though we've been trying to have a baby and we're struggling with infertility, I pulled out the confetti piece and it said, love, God, Janet, NYC, and family. God is going to give us a family. I don't know how long he'll have us here in NYC for, mm -hmm. but he has a purpose for us. Right. What did you feel at that moment, babe, when I opened up the Bible and I, and I had that piece of confetti for you? It was crazy because it's like, what? How did you happen to find that confetti? I think you probably grabbed it from all the books that I had in the boxes in in Dallas. So it was crazy that you saved it for that right moment when we were about to land. And like, family, God, love, Janet, NYC, it's going to be okay. And it was like peace about it, you know? Again, I wrote this 15 days after Janet and I started being boyfriend and girlfriend. I remember you saying I would never live in New York City. <laughs> there Legit. we were there we were flying one way to new york city i literally said that i said it's crazy it's cold it's loud yeah. i've never been so cold in my life it's chaos but i'll tell you what once you're there and you're part of the chaos it makes sense it's a beautiful chaos and that will only make sense for people that have actually <laughs> lived in new york we landed and, and things went really well and we're just living in such a blessed life living in manhattan Financial district close to the Brooklyn Bridge with beautiful views. Beautiful apartment. From the 42nd floor, traveling to Pennsylvania and road trips to upstate New York, to the Hamptons. I mean, just amazing. No kids. Yeah. Even though we were trying to have kids. Yeah. And we couldn't. Just and we'll get to that a in a second. Beautiful city. You walk out of the apartment and then you're like walking for a block and you hear maybe 20 different languages it's such a beautiful thing yeah there's so many languages people from all over the world are yeah. just there that you can't even imagine like where is that language from before we get into our challenges with infertility there was this one moment that was such a beautiful moment we were able to bring my parents from la to new york city mm -hmm. it was around april at the time right again we didn't have kids yet and it was their first time ever visiting new york para mi papa y mi mamá inmigrantes de mexico as myself. And I remember having this moment where I took my dad to the Empire State Building and we're overlooking Manhattan. And I said, Dad, thank you for always believing in me. And since I was little, you would say, Mijo, tú eres un gran líder. You're a great leader. Prepárate, porque un día vas a hablarle a millones de personas. 
And he would tell me, prepare yourself. Because one day you're going to speak to millions of people. I didn't know what that meant as a kid. I was just be like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. And I remember taking him up to the Empire State. And as we were up there, you could see the antenna that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And I said, Papa, you were right. We're speaking to millions of people. And your son's voice, this Mexicano, is coming out of this antenna right here. Mm. How does that make you feel? It's, it's tears of joy. But also, I miss him, you know? Mm-hmm. And for those of you that don't know, my dad graduated to heaven and he passed away July 12th of this year, almost two months ago. But uh, it's tears of joy because I got to thank him while he was alive. Mm-hmm. And my mom, who's still alive, for their sacrifice. Yeah. Sacrificaron todo por nosotros to give us a better life, a better opportunity. And, and they got to see some of that. You know, and yeah. I know he still sees it from heaven, but it was great to be able to thank him while yeah. we were there. And thanks to Gabriel Iglesias, the comedian Fluffy, <laughs> he gave me an amazing opportunity because as my parents were there, I received a tweet DM from Fluffy. I had interviewed him once in Dallas, and it was great. We had a blast. Le encantó. And then it was it. Years later, he DMs me via Twitter, and he says, Hey, Shaboy, you're in New York now, right? First of all, I was shocked. I was like, oh, my gosh, Fluffy DM'd me. This is amazing. I said, yes. And he's like, hey, would you open up for my show? Hell, yeah. (laughs) At Madison Square Garden? I'm going to be doing a show there in April. I was like, what? Madison Square Garden. And he DM'd me on April 1st. So I'm like, this oh. is an April Fool's <laughs> joke. Got At Webo, this is not real. Like, out of all the people in New York City. The biggest w- comedian. Claro. Why would he choose me to open up and to present him in Madison Square Garden? <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. And I thought it was all a joke. And then eventually, I got to interview him in our studio at Amp Radio New York City with Nina Majestic and producer Kristen. And here's him kind of talking about that situation. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll focus on you, bro. <laughs> Hermano, it is so good to, to have you with us. We're super excited. And, and on a personal level, I admire you. You're an inspiration. Your comedy is an inspiration, bro. And uh, to be doing Madison Square Garden for the first time, not many comics are there. And congratulations, bro. Uh, thank you, and, and I want everyone to know that uh, it's about time you get a, a, a true welcome to uh, to New York City, and uh, what better way than, than by having you and your morning show uh, open up the show tomorrow night. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, bro. You know that, you know I'm serious. You know, it's one oh thing to tweet God. it, it's another to say it face-to-face. So, yeah, so uh, it, it'd be great if you guys could open the show, bring the cake, and uh, the strippers. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was an April Fool's joke, because you tweeted it out on, like, the 1st of April. I, 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 I know, I know I did. Joke. Bad timing on my part. <laughs> he was so excited. Hey, your brother put me up to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, bro. Is there anything else you want to say to the audience right now? It's Madison Square Garden. Uh, you know, this is my 18th year as a, as a comedian. And, uh, you know, this is going to be one of those moments that's going to go down in history uh, mm-hmm. for myself. And I'd like it if everybody would be part of it. Absolutely, bro. We'll so be there cool. with you. I am forever grateful to Gabriel Iglesias, a.k.a. Fluffy. He didn't have to. What a fun event. But he saw another Mexicano, and he said, I want to help you. Come open my event at Madison Square Garden. And your parents were there. 
they got I, to go with us. My parents were at Madison Square Garden along with you, babe. I got to shout them out from the stage. And there we were with the with Nina and Kristen and Majestic, the crew, opening up for Fluffy. And it was just such a blessing. Yeah. And that's why NYC, and for many reasons, has such a special place in my heart. And we got to interview Selena Gomez, Nikki Jam, Pitbull, Alicia Keys. You check out those interviews on our YouTube page, mm-hmm. Shaboy Show, S-H-O-B-O-Y Just Show. Just Bieber. El Bieber. <laughs> I, w- I love the fact that you made everybody dance uh, Kulikitaka, and now our girls dance to it. Kulikitaka. <laughs> Kulikitaka. <laughs> I just want to encourage you, especially as a Latino, we have a lot of Latinos that listen to us, but regardless of where you're from, what can you do to help out that person next to you? What access do you have? What platform do you have that can help somebody else like Fluffy helped me out? Thank you, Fluffy. <laughs> Thank you, Romano. Coming up next, Familia, not everything was amazing in NYC. We're going to dive into the struggle with infertility getting the news that my mom had been diagnosed with a terminal illness. And eventually, why did we end up leaving New York City? But first, we want to ask you a question that we recently asked ourselves. ¿Cómo estamos tan guapos? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Is it worth paying all of this crazy (laughs) money that you're paying for your wireless cell phone plan? The answer is no. Mm. Thankfully, we discovered Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to but at a fraction of a cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead. That's how they pass those savings directly to you. I love it. Mint Mobile can lower your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. With Mint Mobile, you can stop paying for unlimited data you'll never use. Choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. When you switch to Mint Mobile, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number with all of your existing contacts. So go ahead and peace out on your old wireless bill. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash los sotelos. That's mintmobile.com slash los sotelos. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash los sotelos. Thank you for hanging out with us, Familia. We're about to discuss uh, our challenge with infertility that now many people know that we went through that challenge because they're like, ¿Cómo? Si son mexicanos. Exactly. You're Mexican. Mm-hmm. That's like, but no, it can happen to anybody at for any the, age. But I think for that reason, it made it a little bit more hard because we were going on almost five years of marriage and no kids. So it's like a little bit of the pressure from the parents and the family. A little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Legit. I remember one time we were still living in Dallas. I think we were married. I think we were married a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember your mom came to visit, babe. And she was legit trying to pull out stuff from the Bible. Like, you know, in the Bible it says, <laughs> you must procreate. I don't know where she got it from. And I was like, uh, yeah. Janet, why don't you handle this question? It's crazy. Yeah, no, the pressure was on. And yeah, we wanted to have kids. Yeah. Pero... But that's when you know God's in control because we thought we had it all under control. We we're going to move into a house in Dallas and have kids. And then God's like, nope, you're going to New York. And then New York, God gave us a whole year to experience life. 
two years. Two years, you're right. Without two kids. Two years without kids. And it was like, oh, the baby was kind of like in the back of our mind, like, okay, we should start. We should try. We should. And we were. And then nothing would happen. <laughs> nothing was happening. And I remember, for those of you that experienced challenges with infertility, which is a lot more people than you think. But I remember it was difficult for, for me, but nothing compared to how difficult it was for you, babe. Right. I remember when Janet would say, babe, um, a few days late from getting my period. Right. I think I might be pregnant. And I remember us getting so excited. Mm-hmm. And I remember one particular moment where I come home from work to our apartment in NYC and Janet's just devastated crying on the couch. I'm like, what happened? Que pasó? And by this time, I think you were about a week late. Since I got my period, I've like, remember, I've always been regular. And then when we started trying, it was almost like it went like irregular. So I thought, oh, something's happening to my body, right? But it wasn't happening. So us opening up about this, it's sensitive, but it's also important because I feel like a lot of women try to get pregnant, especially with the first pregnancy. It could be hard and people don't talk about that. And I remember you crying, love. And I didn't know what to do at that moment. I felt almost to a certain extent like, is it me? Is it that I can't procreate? And because of me, I'm creating this pain in your life, Janet, Mm. because of your desire to be a mother. And here we are, five years married. Yeah. We really want kids. We've been trying, literally trying for the last two years. I mean, <laughs> putting my feet up on the wall and people were saying, try this, try that. I was doing it all. And you know, when you want something so bad, you just try it. But it was, it, I think what got me devastated. <laughs> Although this is funny because, you know, as Latinos, Jenna would talk to people and be like, no, mira, lo que tienes que hacer es ponte patas para arriba como por media hora. For like 30 minutes after you guys are done, just put your feet up in the air oh and just God. leave in there. Let it really just... <laughs> Get in there. And then Mona from Dallas. Hi, Mona. She's like, you got to take Robitussin. Ro- what, what is it called? Robitussin? Robitussin. And I'm like drinking Robitussin. <laughs> like, I don't know what the heck I was We're drinking. trying everything. It, it's funny now, but then it was very sad because I'm like, how come I can't get pregnant? And, you know, our next door neighbor, hi, Marguerite, got pregnant. One of my best friends got pregnant and everybody and their mom was getting pregnant. Everybody was getting pregnant except me. So it was it was hard because of that reason, because we wanted it so bad, but it wasn't happening. Love, so on my end, I felt like it was my fault. And by that time, we hadn't gone to any doctors to get ourselves checked out yet. Because you don't want to think or admit that maybe there's something, quote unquote, wrong with you. What were you feeling at the time, babe? Well, at the time, when I was desperate, I was like, okay, well, maybe there is something wrong with both of us. We should get checked. Because it was five years of trying that we were like, uh... Like, as a woman, I felt horrible. I felt like I'm not giving you a child either. So it was like, is it my fault? Is it like, you know, is it me? Am I getting older? Because, you know, we got married at late 20s. So it was like, you know, like that doubt, that fear, that like sadness. As we're trying and we're dealing with infertility, I remember there was one Thanksgiving the first year we were in New York City that we went with our friends Charlie and Guy, the zoo. Oh, yeah. To Puerto Rico. They invited us to Puerto Rico. Oh, so fun. To experience their hometown. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving in Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. To drink some coquito. Oh, que rico. And, que rico. and experience Thanksgiving out there. We were so excited. And as soon as I land, I see a bunch of voicemails and calls missed from home. And my dad and my mom's doctors 
I'm like, what's going on? And I answered the voicemail. Remember that, babe? We had just gone to the airport in Puerto Rico and we were getting our bags. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing a voicemail uh, basically saying that my mom had been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Oh, that was very devastating to hear. Once we're like, should we go back? Which is myelodysplastic syndrome, which is basically her bone marrow doesn't produce red blood cells the proper way. So my mom either needed to get chemotherapy, even though it's not cancer, but it's part of the cancer family, if you will, but she would need to get blood transfusions for the rest of her life because there's no cure to it. Right. The only way you could potentially find a cure for it is if you get a bone marrow transplant, but my mom was too old to receive one. There's too much risk. Right. So long story short, it was just managing her illness and getting blood transfusions. And they gave her a year and a half of life. And thank God she's a walking miracle. And she's outlasted that life expectancy by two years now. Mm-hmm. But that was a difficult time dealing with that situation, us being in New York, trying to have kids. Right. It was like a dark cloud over us. Like, "Mm, what's going on? But it's just you got to trust that you're doing everything you can within your control and your power. And the rest you got to leave to God. Easier said than done. Eventually, we did go to a specialist and we did all kinds of tests everywhere, every angle of our body. (laughs) We did it all. And then we were going to go to... Our appointment where they were going to give us the results if there was any issues with us. Remember that, babe? Right. And then doctor said, come back for another test when you get your period. And I never got my period. And I was feeling funny in my stomach and my back. And we found out we were pregnant. And we had not taken any medication. Nothing, nothing. We didn't have to do anything in regards to like the doctor hadn't even had a chance to prescribe anything to us. We were in the process of just getting checked. Yeah. But nothing was wrong. And he was like, come back once you get your next period. And I never got it because I was pregnant. And I remember that day. It was such a blessing because we had been trying again, five years married. And at that moment in time, I come home from work. And and what surprised me is that I always envisioned in our marriage, babe, that when you were going to tell me that we were pregnant with our first child, they give us ser una producción impresionante as i usually do with everything else <laughs> some huge production something amazing when i walked in i don't know streamers balloons, balloons yeah. signs video because you're so detallista I you always go above and beyond to surprise me right. and i remember that day walking home and as soon as i opened the door to the right it was a, a one bedroom apartment super small in new york city you jump out of the bathroom and you're like in your sweats, your hair's all look crazy looking. <laughs> and, and, and you're just shocked. You're like, oh my gosh. You had no words. You just, as soon as I got home, imagine this. She just stuck a pregnancy test in my face. I used one. And then I had like five other ones lined up on top of the toilet seat. I was like, look, I'm pregnant. Look, look. <laughs> Janet had literally just peed on as many pregnancy <laughs> tests as she could. Like the different kind that's like the digital, the little lines, all of them. I was like, am I really pregnant? No sé cómo me haste tanto, la neta. Like, <laughs> how did you pee so much? And then Janet's like, is it real? Like, is this really happening? And I remember we hugged and we thank God. We both got on our knees at that yeah, time. We're we were just crying. We were so happy that we were pregnant. And then soon after, we had that doctor's appointment. Where he was going to give us our results on what we needed to do to become pregnant. Right. He was like, guys, I got great news for you. And we're like, no, we We have have great great news for you. (laughs) We're pregnant. And it was so weird because I remember, side note, that doctor, as we were going for our first um, appointment, 
He actually was a listener of our show. Oh my gosh, that's right. I totally forgot because he checked me down there and you're like, this is so weird. <laughs> I can't believe one of my listeners was right up there on your hoo-ha. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was embarrassing. That's a side note. Yeah. But we were like, we got good news for you. Like, I think Janet's pregnant. And he's like, yes, you guys are three weeks pregnant or yeah. whatever it is. From the blood results, right? Yeah, but from the blood results and so on and so forth. We were blessed Ooh, yeah. with a beautiful daughter by the name of Ariela. And we found ourselves an amazing doctor, Doctora Patrullas, that we nicknamed <laughs> because when she would see Ariela in the ultrasounds. Oh, yeah. She would see her feet. She would always be moving her feet around. And so be like, mira sus patrullas, o sea, sus patas. Doctora Vanessa Peña is Mexicana. So she was like, ah, mira las patrullas. What are the chances, right? Another <laughs> Mexicana, Mexicana doctor in New York City. The best doctor. Oh, my gosh. And it was so cool because you were able to talk to her about because your mom was giving you all these things you got to do as a being a Mexicana that's pregnant. Mm -hmm. And she would totally understand the culture. She was with me for the delivery the whole time when Ariela came. It was beautiful. God finally blessed us with our first daughter. And funny story about that. My primo Raul was visiting us from Dallas because he went up there for work. And December 2nd? Yeah. And he was spent the night in our apartment. Uh -huh. And we're like, hey, primo, but just, you know, Janet is due any day. Just FYI, we may have to rush out. Ariela's due date was December 7th, 2016. And this was him visiting us, what, December 2nd, right? Yeah. And we all went to sleep. The hospital where Janet was going to give birth to, our daughter, was literally two blocks away around the corner. We walked there. In Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And I remember Janet waking me up. She's super tranquila. And she's like, babe, my water broke. I'm like, what? Come, come on, guys. What's going on? And I remember jumping out of bed. And I'm like, how? But home. And then you're like, yeah, touch here. And I touched it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. The, the mattress is wet. Ah, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Your water broke. I didn't know what to do. And I was like, what do I wear? I'm all, And you're just so calm i was relieved to know that the water broke i'm like oh my water broke okay i'm good so i wake my cousin up and he's freaking out he's like what do i do and we're like we're gonna go to the hospital just chill here like i don't think there's any reason for you to go it's it's all right you don't have to go it's like two in the morning so we walk down and it's so funny because we're walking out of our uh, apartment building <laughs> in new york city and people are barely like going out in new york city it's right. 2 a.m it's like a Friday night going into Saturday. Yeah. And we see a couple just like making out hard right outside <laughs> our apartment complex. Remember that, babe? Yeah. And we're like, hey, take it easy because this might be you guys in nine months. <laughs> My big old belly. And uh, it was December. It was pretty cold. Jenna's got her big old jacket. We're all bundled up. And there we go. Wobble on over to. And then we walk into the. Hospital, the hospital and the security guard goes okay what's up and then you're like my water broke and i'm like no my water broke <laughs> and i kept messing up because i was so nervous we finally get to the main nurse and she's like what's up what's going on and i was like my water broke i said it <laughs> again. again and she's like it's impossible unless you peed yourself sir <laughs> with a new york exit you know oh, and so i was funny. like no no my wife she's outside I have no experience in this. Like, I've got this, but you didn't. So I'm thinking like movies. I'm thinking like TV shows. Her water broke. I'm thinking she's crowning already. Like, Ariela's head is coming out. Like, hurry, everybody. Go to my wife. Yeah. And she's like, okay. She's like, we'll go out there when we're ready for you. I'm like, huh? Yeah. And I walk back outside. To my right, there's this lady who's literally scratching the walls. Oh, yeah, pobrecita. Who's about to give birth, and she's yelling and screaming. 
And I look over at Janet. She's sitting down and she's eating cookies. I think I put a towel under my <laughs> my high knee because I was like, I don't want to get this place wet. I don't know. By the way, never sit <laughs> on any chairs in the maternity area Ew. of a hospital. Yeah. Guaranteed. There is water breaking substances. Liquids. Yeah. Liquids on them. <laughs> yeah. But Janet's just chilling, eating cookies. So somehow Janet managed as we're leaving our apartment, to stuff cookies in her pocket. I remember my friend Nicole said, hey, when labor comes, make sure you eat because you're not going to be able to eat for a long time. So that was like the first thing that came to mind. I'm like, I got to grab a handful of cookies and put it in my jacket. And I remember that morning calling your brother, Fabian, who lived in Dallas at the time, and he got the first flight over and he was flying in. And that afternoon, December 3rd, we got there at 2 a.m., Ariela was born at 4.12 p.m. And we want to share with you guys that beautiful and amazing moment when Ariela came to this earth and God blessed us with our first child. Oh, amazing, Ariela. Oh, hey, hey, she's so beautiful. Birthday. Happy birthday, Ariela. Birthday. I love you. Hello. Thank you, God. Thank you, oh, God. No. <laughs> you did it? Come you on. did it, Juku. I love you. Happy birthday, Ariela. May God bless you. you Keep you strong and healthy. Thank you. You're welcome. So much, Dr. Ariela. She still whines like that. (laughs) Babe, you're teary-eyed. Yeah, I haven't heard this audio in a long time. It was just such a beautiful moment. And the doctor was amazing. And I went through labor with no epidural, with nothing, just all natural. And I'm so proud of it. And I was open to taking it. But, um, you know, it was just a beautiful time. And... The timing was perfect, and it just brought back memories of how much love we got from strangers. All your listeners would send us gifts, and I got so many baby showers, you know, for her birth, you know, for her birth, and it just brought so many memories right now of us. Nina, producer Kristen, Astra, producer Kristen's family, oh yeah, uh, helped us put together the baby shower because we didn't have any family in New York City. Yeah, they, and, and so many people became our family. We're forever grateful to you guys there and. New York City, Jersey, like tri-state area. We had no expectations. Jerry and Lenore, who you still talk to oh today. Lenore is your prayer warrior once a week. Oh, beautiful. That was one of the <sighs> best things New York gave us, our daughter. Right when she was born, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. Between you and I, I lied. <laughs> Honestly, I was freaked out. <laughs> she looked like an alien that had been slimed. It was kind of crazy. And then the doctor goes, okay, Janet, dame tus manos, give me your hands. And I literally pulled her out and my hands were shaking and I was like, like, guacala. You didn't want to give her your hands. I remember. Because that was gross to me. I was so nervous. So I she grabbed her. I pulled her out and I put her on my tummy and then she pooped. Ariela. So the doctor's like, oh, great. You're going to be good to go earlier. It's a good thing, actually, that they pooped yeah. right away. So I was like, oh, slimy. And I was like not expecting to like pull my daughter out of my... <laughs> Oh, man. But it was beautiful. It was a beautiful experience. And um, <sighs> For those of you that are parents and those of you that are going to one day have, have that experience, God willing, the love you feel for that child of yours in that moment is a love that you've never felt or experienced for anything in your life. It's a whole nother dimension that you didn't even know existed. It's such a blessing. And I think for a second there, I got a glimpse at the unconditional love that God has for us as his children. Amen. 
Mm-hmm. I really understood that. And I really understood to a deeper level the love that our parents have for us. Right. And what it means to them for us to be well and to represent them well and to be grateful and to be good to others. Right. An amazing experience. And that was towards the end of our second year in New York City. And then our third year was having a newborn, cruising around Manhattan. My ex-boss, Rick, and who are now family, Thomas and his wife, who were such a blessing, Teresa, they gave us our first stroller, and we were cruising all over the place. Oh, I remember. In Manhattan. I remember going to the stores, shopping, and then in New York, in Manhattan, it's so common that a lot of these babies in strollers, they're being pushed by their nannies. And Ariela looks nothing like me because she's got green eyes. She's light super skin. light. So they'd be like, oh, are you taking care of her? Is this your kid? You know, you're, are you the nanny? And I'm like, no, this is my child. <laughs> <laughs> she has my dad's eyes. Yeah. Green eyes. And your mom has somewhat green eyes yeah. as well, love. You know, now we look back and we say, oh, God's timing is so perfect. Yeah. You know, we went to doctors and everything, but... There was nothing ever wrong. It was just we were impatient because we really wanted a baby. And God was like, hold on. And you know what? Thinking about it, babe, we probably wouldn't have moved to New York if we would have already had a child in Dallas. Correct. We wouldn't. I would have been like, no way we're going to New York City with a baby. So we experienced that last third year. Such an amazing experience having a baby. So we're thinking this is amazing. We have our newborn daughter. What a blessing from God at the perfect time because we got to enjoy New York two years without a child. Oh, yeah. But now we're ready. We desire it. We're ready to go. And then all of a sudden we hear rumors that the company that I was working for at the radio station in New York was in the process of being sold CBS radio. And the radio station that I was at was no longer going to exist. Mm -hmm. This was in mid-2017. Ariela was six months old. Yeah. And then we got confirmation of that, that the radio station wasn't going to exist. Therefore, I wouldn't have a job anymore. And our lease was up for our apartment. two months before our lease was going to be up. Yeah. Which was December 15th. So there we were. Mm-hmm. We had a newborn baby and we had no idea what job was going to be next. Our lease was up December 15th, but we had faith that God would provide because we kept believing in God's promises. Always. He blessed us with a daughter. He's going to bless us with a job. Like I kept thinking he couldn't have blessed us with the baby and put on all this like financial burden and then like get rid of a job. You know, I kept thinking there's something better coming. Every time God has taken care of us, why wouldn't he do it this time around? Amen. Jeremiah 29 11. Yeah. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you not and to not harm to harm you. To give you hope in the future. Whatever you're going through today, that challenge, that question, that fogginess, I want to tell you that Even though at times it may feel like God is not solving it, whatever that issue may be, Hmm. be confident that he is growing it. And what I mean by it is your faith, your strength, your patience. God is growing it through all of this that you're going through. Hmm. So please do not give up on yourself. Do not give up on your dreams. Do not give up on God's promises because your breakthrough is just right around the corner. And just look back at other moments in your life where things were difficult and you didn't have any answers. You found a way. You were made to be strong and overcome and to be a conqueror and not a victim and defeated. You're made to be victorious. Yeah, amen to that. You got to believe that. And I know it's easier said than done. We don't always feel victorious. Trust. Uh Trust me. I've felt like a loser many times. But I just want to encourage you. And as we didn't know where we're going to live next, 
what I was going to do as a provider for a newborn baby and my wife, Janet, who I promised that I'll always be there for mm-hmm. and provide and figure out a way. An amazing miracle happened. Coming up on our next episode, we'll let you know how things worked out for us to eventually come back home to Cali, to L.A., and have a job here. Although things may not make sense right now, when you look back at it, you'll see how God was at work the entire time. And maybe in this moment of difficulty, you're basically in boot camp that's going to make you stronger to be able to prosper and succeed in the next chapter, in the next stage of your life. Because if you didn't go through what you're going through right now, you wouldn't appreciate the blessings that are coming. So true. And you wouldn't know how to handle the challenges that are still to come. We're never going to be without challenges. But the good thing is that God will always make you stronger to face them. Exactly. And now we thank God for everything we went through. And his timing is perfect. Never late. (laughs) Definitely never early. (laughs) But always on time. So in our next episode, we'll dive into the amazing thing that happened that gave us the opportunity to come back home. We love you guys. Thank you so much for the support on the podcast. Please uh, rate our podcast on Apple. And leave a comment. Yes, that helps us out tremendously. And follow us on social media, hashtag Losotelos, or on our website, losotelos.com. Gracias, familia. Remember to love, serve, and celebrate each other and yourself. Don't allow anyone or anything to steal your joy or your peace. We love you, and bendiciones. May you have the best day ever. Thanks for listening to Hanging With the Sotelos Podcast It's the best day over It's the best day over It's the best day over